Well, a very good evening to you, and welcome to Salt and Light. I'm Daniel de Villiers here in the studio this evening with a very special guest, Rogerio de Oliveira. Uh, Rogerio, God has done some amazing things in your life, just getting to hear some of your testimony earlier. I'm excited for this time to get to, to just reflect on some of those ways that God has brought you to where you are today, uh, having come from a church background and yet seeking answers to unanswered questions in, um, in growing up turning to magic and the dark arts, and, and yet God's deliverance of you from that and, and drawing you to the truth of who He is. So I'd love to just turn it over to you, Rogerio, to share some of how God was at work in your life from childhood to where you are today. Thank you, Daniel. Um, first and foremost, I would just give all glory to the Lord mm. Jesus Christ, my Savior, my King, and Giving all glory to Him is due to me going through life and questioning faith, questioning the truth. Um, a little bit of a background of my life. Uh, since an early age, I've had supernatural encounters. Um, we're speaking about poltergeist, demonic activities, seeing things uh, manifest in the physical realm, which was spiritual. Um, and that made me question a lot of doctrines and religions. So my dad brought, tried to bring me up as a Catholic. My mom was more Dutch reform. So I had the best of both worlds, like coming <laughs> from both opposites. And um, when I started questioning, and I'm speaking of, uh, I was born in 1974. So from the 70s, in the 80s, early 80s, when I started speaking about my experiences, I realized that it's not common for people to experience these things. And um, when I started questioning it with family members and with religious authorities, if you want to call it that, I was frowned upon and people would go behind my back saying, saying to my parents, uh, we think your child needs to go in and see a psychologist because mm -hmm. he's hearing voices, he's seeing things that manifest and these things does not exist. And this is even from religious people people that has the same scripture as we do. We, we see in the scriptures time and time and again where Jesus cast out demons. We perform miracles. He speaks of the spiritual war that we're in. He speaks of a real enemy out there. Um, so when I got to the age of about 16, I started saying that why is it that I just follow what my parents told me? Because I grew up predominantly Christian and uh, I never really understood a relationship with God. I understood that there's scripture that's supposed to be historical, that's supposed to have the answers, that's supposed to be the truth. And how arrogant from Christians to say that we have the truth and we have the only truth and nothing but the truth for Jesus Christ is the way. Um, so I started asking questions in the field of what if I was born a Muslim? What if I was born a Hindu? What if I was born a Buddhist? Would that be my truth then? And because I didn't really have a lot of guidance and a lot of people didn't understand the spiritual war or the spiritual realm, uh, I started venturing off into different religions. I started reading the Bafat Gita. started reading the Quran. I started investigating different truths, if you want to call it that. And eventually... I got to the point where it just got too much and I I made an ultimatum 
to whoever is in charge. Because one thing I knew, there's definitely a spiritual realm. There's definitely a physical realm. And I've got this emptiness that I'm trying to make sense of it all. And if there's anyone called God, called Buddha, called whatever you want, if that entity or that person or that thing was existing and still alive, I challenged it to reveal itself or mm. himself to me. Mm. So I made an ultimatum to the Supreme Being, the Ancient of Ancients, the God of the universe, the creator of all. I said, I'm not going to rely on man anymore. I want you to show me the truth. And from that time, I basically became, uh, I, I opened up my mind and my heart to anything that would be revealed to me from an entity that I could not see because I, I knew it was there, but I didn't know which, what was the truth. So eventually I went into different religions, studying different religions. And, uh, the thing that grabbed me was a thing called white magic, where it wasn't, it wasn't Wicca. It wasn't Satanism. It was a, a, a form of spiritual enlightenment where I ended up searching for my inner self, my ancient one, because I took up the knowledge that what about all the ancestors that came before us? What about all the traditions? Where did it come from? Your Egyptians, where they had a knowledge of spiritualism. Moses had a knowledge of spiritualism. And I wanted to tap into the secret place that we might have forgotten because of technology, mm. because we become blinded by Hollywood and what we see in t tangible things that we have. So I was trying to go deeper into the spiritual realm. And therefore, I tapped into entities called my higher self or my, my inner self. Not knowing back then, I was actually calling upon spirit guides. And um, when, when those, those things started speaking to me, and I'm not speaking about audible. It's almost like you, you start meditating. I would draw a protective circle and you go into the spiritual realm. Uh, eventually I could astral project. Eventually these, these entities, but which I thought was my inner self started teaching me things. And it started even teaching me languages and, and a, a form of writing style that I didn't, I wasn't taught by anyone, but my inner self. Mm. And, Later on, when obviously I'm a Christian, so later on, one, once I uh, came to, to accept Jesus and found the truth, I discovered that those same languages, the same um, scriptures or, or words that I was writing down comes from a book called St. Sapriano. It's a grimoire used by the Jesuit priesthood to call upon demons to fight against demons. And I discovered later on in my life after being saved that... My ancestors from my, my dad's side, which is Portuguese, were actually part of these covens. And this is also what, where I became aware of ancestral sins, hmm. where if, if you bring out a child and you pray over them, there's spiritual strongholds that you can bind people to, and your children too. If you're not walking with the Lord, you, you're going to call upon different entities if you walk in the spirit and you call upon the Lord and you bless them, those same God will be able to protect you. So it was constantly that tug of war, that pull and push of what is truth, what is reality, 
where do I go from here? Where, where, when do I know that Jesus is a truth? Um, so for me, it was that initial question that was laid, what is the truth? Mm, mm. And it's interesting just mentioning the, some of the, the generationality of the effect of, of chasing sin. You know, we, we hear in the scriptures, God looking at coming down on wickedness and visiting the iniquities of the fathers, it says, even to the third and fourth generations. Amen, and yeah. um, it's interesting to hear in your own life, having not known that growing up, but seeing that exposed, just some of the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. But God wasn't done in, in that and in, in simply leaving you there. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a plan for you. And, it, and it's exciting just to hear some of that. Where, where did then you begin to, um, to turn through that as far as just seeking? Because you, you mentioned that you had sought out answers you you had these experiences growing up and and it wasn't able to be addressed within both mm. your your mom's side or dad's side and their church backgrounds mm. respectively um where where did you find answers to deal with some of these things um you know whether in the bible at that point or something else that you continue to turn to yeah it's quite interesting on how god allowed me to go through a journey of searching, mm. searching for the truth that I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't searching for Jesus. I wasn't searching for religion. I was searching for the truth. Yeah. So my inner self, while being in white magic, I learned a lot of the basics of uh, teachings of Alistair Crowley. And I even thought that Alistair Crowley was not really legit because it felt fake, hmm. but yet I would learn and I'll read up on, on people that went into the occult. And at that stage, I, ne- I, I never came to a point where I rejected Jesus. Jesus was one of the options. And um, read, reading on Alistair Crowley, um, Madame Blavatsky, Madame Blavatsky, and people like that, where they were asking similar questions, that's where my, my inner self would tend to uh, gravitate towards. So I tried to find my own sort of sense of truth and Eventually, I, I, I reached the pinnacle in white magic after I, I could control fire, I could astral project, I had physical strength, I could predict futures, I could prophesy upon people with a, a false spirit. And um, then my inner self told me or my inner knowledge told me, you've come to a, a point where you've learned everything in white magic, but... My, my point was that I knew about evil and why I went into white magic is because I wanted to, to fight against evil spirits. Hmm. And when my inner self told me, you've learned everything in white magic, now it's a time to cross into the enemy's territory, which is called black magic, the dark arts. Because how I justified it to myself and not knowing it was I was led by demonic spirits. I needed to venture off into the enemy's camp, into their territory to understand the enemy so I could create more damage towards them. Little did I know that that transition would completely take over my life. Mm. When I crossed over into the dark arts, all of a sudden, you a different world, an underground, a, a dark world is revealed to you. All of a sudden... Um, it's about drugs. It's about um, gangs. It's about um, mafia organizations. It's a, the whole criminal element opened to me at the same time. And I was 
doing drugs and drinking with with people that was murderers, people that would do armed robberies and things like that. And for me, it was fine because I didn't see them as a threat because for them, they had their own truth. And as I was escalating into the territory of evil, I wanted to almost go undercover and get closer to these entities. And little did I know, a couple of years later, I was so demon-possessed that I didn't even have any emotions. And that transition of coming to a realization is that I, I became very violent and I beat up a couple of people. And one of the people were laying motionless on the ground bleeding. Mm. And I looked at him. And for me, what stood out was that a puddle of blood was forming a halo around his head on the cold pavement floor. And I was more interested in the perfect symmetry, symmetry of, of the, the, that roundness of or the circle forming in blood than the person that might be dying. Mm. And I looked at this like, wow, it sort of represent, it resembles a Romanesque art form. And I was almost enthralled with the beauty of the, the perfect painting that I created. As I was looking down at the blood forming around the guy's head, I didn't have any emotions towards that person. Mm. And like a whisper, I heard a still voice. And that voice was calm and loving. And the voice asked me a question. What emotions do you feel right now? And I remember looking up and saying, there's no one around me. I looked back at the guy that's on the ground. And again, what emotions do you feel right now? And a couple of seconds later, what emotions do you feel right now? I, I never understood it back then, but that question was, it was placed in my soul, in my spirit, in my heart. And for the, lo- for the next month, it wouldn't go away. And then I, I had to sit down and really question, what emotions did I feel right now when I just beat a guy and... Uh, the ambulance had to come and fetch him because he was nearly dead. And I realized that I didn't feel anger. I didn't feel hate. I didn't feel remorse. I didn't feel sorrow. I didn't feel fear. Mm. I felt nothing. My heart was seared. I had no emotions. Mm. And from there, I realized that what am I doing? Whatever I my, my intentions in going into magic and going to the dark arts was to fight against what I've become. And it's a, that old saying of be careful when you stay into the abyss because the abyss will stay back at you. Mm. And without realizing it, I became the enemy that I hated. And then I started um, assessing saying, well, I remember as a child, there was a lot of teachings of peace amongst the storm about the scriptures that I was taught. Then I started saying, well, all other religions claim to have the truth. Jesus is the only one that said, I am the truth. A lot of other religions would say that, follow us and we'll show you the way to enlightenment. Jesus is the only one that said, I am the light, I am the way, I am the truth. And when I started assessing these things, I said, well, If Jesus is the only one that was bold enough to say, I am, then maybe he is. So I went and I fell on my knees and I said, Lord, 
if you are the truth, if you are the one that guided me to this point, forgive me. I don't know how to get out of this. All I know is I want to feel. I want to have emotions again. Because something is wrong if people you loved has passed away and you don't even shed a tear for them because you mm. don't even feel mm. sorrow. And that started um, shaking my, my emotions. And after that, God took me on a journey for four years where he said, now I want you to stop your drugs. Mm. Then eventually when I dealt with that, he said, watch your tongue. I want, I want you to say things that's glorifying me. Don't, because every single, every second word was a swear word. Mm. I would always have dark sense of humor. It was always about death. Then I started watching my tongue. Then God said, I want you to cut certain ties with friendships and people. And I started doing that. So systematically, God started peeling me like an onion, layer by layer, saying, now this is the next step. And what's interesting for me is that I never went to a church. I never did an altar call. I never had someone coming to me saying, except Jesus. God called me and yeah. he showed me the way. He showed me the truth. And eventually after four years, I completely submitted and surrendered to Jesus. And I remember the day that he really filled me with his Holy Spirit. Because then uh, I met other fellow Christians and they lay, laid hands on me. And they asked God to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And nothing happened. But on the way home, I started singing the song Amazing Grace. And Amazing Grace was amazing grace on how, how sweet the sound. On I was blind, but now I can see. That the words resonated. The words meant something to me. Mm -hmm. I understood the words. And I couldn't stop glorifying God. And it was just like amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Lord God, thank you, Lord, for your grace. And coming from darkness, being blinded in the spirit, and all of a sudden you get the ability to see, it's no ways that you want to go back to blindness. Mm. And for me, that was a life-changing experience where God's grace was, it's, it's not just was, but still is. The ultimate yeah. is life changing in, in our testimonies. We give glory to God for this. Yeah. It's quite something what you mentioned about the, the longing for emotions, because I think even in that, they're not noticing uh, whether hatred or sorrow or, or anger, but there, there was, there was a longing still for something. Mm. You mentioned that that was to know the truth. Mm. Um, and, and how often, it, that can be filled or it can be numbed by other things that can take that place. But praise God in continuing to open up to, to bring blind eyes to see what is the truth. And, and in, in um, drawing that to you, because I, I just think that there's a passage that Jesus mentions where he talks about, he describes himself as this fountain of living water. And, um, and he says, come to me, all you who thirst and who hunger. Um, and and just the, the satisfaction that he provides to that very longing that we have. Um, and it is it is such a praise just in, in how God worked that in you and how he continued to do it, even just in, in that reformation of your own life and seeing 
this is not yet surrendered to the Lord. Mm-hmm. This is not yet surrendered to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And how we must do that in each of us, in, in coming to Him, in a slow but continued journey of just Amen. surrendering all to Him. What what are some things then in, in coming to see Him, and um, rather than just calling light darkness and darkness light, you know, in the, the picture that we get in, in Isaiah, in seeing the truth of who Jesus was, what were ways that you began more through those four years to see the truth of who he was? Um, was that simply turning to yourself and trying to see, you know, in those experiences and in those exposures of what came to mind? What was that journey in, in finding Jesus? Who are you? I, I long to know the truth. Who are you? How can I live my life? How can I orient? How did you find that as far as how God exposed that? Uh, for me, because of my journey, it was quite a lonely journey because there wasn't a lot of people that experienced what I've experienced throughout the years. So most people, if I spoke about these things, they would just shut off. It's like, especially Christians would say, you know what? Um, I don't believe in those things. Therefore, it does not exist. And if you if you feed these things, it's going to become a reality in your life. I had those sort of um, discussions with people. But God and his word is truth. He said, knock and it will be opened for you. Seek and you will find. Because I really seek the truth, he didn't leave me alone. He, he brought a lot of divine appointments. Even if it was a Christian, spiritual Christian, just walking past, like, hey, Rogerio, long time no see. God loves you. You are special in his eyes. And I had a lot of uh, self-doubt. I didn't have... Um, uh, confidence. I, I I was really very withdrawn. I mean, just back then, I would never have sat here and recorded myself and speaking about things. I didn't have confidence to do that. Mm. But yet, because I was so withdrawn, that's where the enemy found me. But strange enough, as God was peeling me, he did bring a lot of divine appointments where it would just be one sentence of encouragement. One person saying, you know what? Um, you and my heart are prayed for you. And my question, why would you pray for me? You don't know me. Mm. It was almost like arrogance. And um, But God was patient. He was kind. He was loving. And he kept on sending people on my way. Eventually, I, I met some friends that had similar backgrounds. And they became reborn. And they were having a safe house where they were getting people out of Satanism, out of the occult. So they, they looked at me and said, Oh, Rogerio, so... You found the Lord. You you you've got a testimony. You understand these people. Come along and um, join us in prayer. So I went there not knowing that God had a plan. So all of a sudden I'm thrown in the deep end. I'm finding myself um, sharing my testimony with people that's still deep inside Satanism, encouraging them about the truth of the Lord. And the more I'm encouraging them, the more strongholds are breaking in my life. The more I'm telling them about the Lord, the more the Lord is working through me and I'm learning about questions that I was uh, battling with myself. All of a sudden, as I'm stepping into the into the field of the truth and putting myself out there and saying, I am going to do what I need to do to bring glory to God. I'm being healed myself. And during this time of um, it was also uh, it was with the, we were working hand in hand with Kubis Yonker with the cult unit. And so a lot of things started being revealed where that's only then that I realized that my inner self and the powers I had was 
demonic possession. And it started making sense. It started all falling in, into place where now God is using me through my weakness, through my sin, to try and help other people. And as I helped and uh, other people, and as I shared the gospel, the gospel became alive to me. All of a sudden, it's like, wow, I never got that. Mm-hmm. My favorite, uh, one of my favorite scriptures, Romans 12, verse 2, is like, don't conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. And I realized that, oh, the onus is on us as well to meet God and to seek God. Jesus paid the price. He called me. He called us. But we still have a responsibility to go into his word, to, to get spiritual food. It's not a quick fix. And unfortunately, a lot of people teach that Jesus is a quick fix. Come to Jesus and your world's going to become great. Like I found the contrary. When I found Jesus, my world collapsed because everything that I held dear to started evaporating. It, uh, my friendships, my, my incomes, my relationships, all of a sudden, all those things were pruned away. And I didn't understand. But once I clung on to Jesus and I accepted him fully, then I realized that, oh, seek after him and he will, he will make the, the way. Now, uh, just in the last couple minutes we have together, I want to just pick up on something you mentioned about coming to see the truth of the gospel and, and seeing that in, in his word of, of conforming to um, or the, the transforming of our minds and renewing of them into, into his own image. What place did the word of God have in this journey of um, of God just showing you himself and clarifying what that gospel was? Um, I'll be honest with you. When I found Jesus, or when Jesus called me, let me put it this way. <laughs> Jesus, he called me first, mm. and then I seek more after him. I wanted him. And I find, found it very difficult to understand the Bible. And I was confessing to Peter last night as well that, what I went out and did, I, I had a King James Bible. I read it. It's like, oh, this is too complicated. I don't understand this, Lord. And he put it on my heart. It's like, go and get a children's Bible with beautiful pictures. Like, okay, people shouldn't know this. But I went and I bought a children's <laughs> Bible. And I started reading it as a child. And after reading that whole Bible, I said, okay, now now it may, makes sense. And then mm-hmm. almost I... I, I earned the right to become a little bit more mature than I dared to pick up the New <laughs> King James Bible. And after reading the Bible through as a child, then I started reading the Word as, as a more mature Christian. And the Word became life to me. Everything I started reading, it's like, now I get it. Wow, Lord, there's power in your Word. And I started reading it for what it is, mm. not for what I thought it was. A religious jargon book like to control people but I started reading it with life and the Holy Spirit the helper that Jesus promised us mm. helped me to understand the scripture and that's a personal journey that I would commend to anyone that's maybe battling with finding the truth mm. seek for the truth because Jesus will open if you knock but do it sincerely don't do it half-heartedly because there came a time where I had to say that I'm holding on to the world and I'm holding on to the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. I couldn't have both. I couldn't be lukewarm. I had to submit to God and allow him to 
to work in me. And I, the way I did was I had to accept him as a child would, just the truth. And mm -hmm. once I've done that, then the intellectual parts started falling into place. Praise God. Well, Rogerio, we have come to the end of our time together. I know there's so much more you could share and how God has been at work in your life and just a testimony to who he is. Um, but perhaps we can pick that up another day. For now, I wish everyone listening a very good evening and God bless.